So on Veterans Day, we honor our veterans. On Memorial Day, we honor those who gave up their life for us. And so those are two different things, isn't it? And so this Memorial Day is a time for us to honor those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. They were killed in combat. They were killed in, the, in protecting our country. Every now and then, you might see a car that has like a red flag in it with a white star. You may see that in their front window or on their door, perhaps, or even not too long ago, I saw one in a store. And uh, that white star with that red background represents they have someone deployed that's been uh, a custom for a long time. I'm not sure exactly when that started. Now, sometimes you might see one or two white stars, and that means they have two family members deployed, or even three, you know, in, in times like that. Now, when you see that same red background and you see a gold star, you may hear this weekend a lot on the news or different shows and things like that. This is a gold star family. That means that they lost someone at war. So kind of separate Veterans Day and Memorial Day, both important days, but they have two different meanings. And just an idea of a white star and a gold star. I was in a store not too long ago, and at the register there was a a placard with a white star, and I said, who's deployed? And uh, this lady who heard me was in an aisle or something. She came running up and said, my son is deployed. I said, well, I recognize the white star, yes. And so that was kind of a, a cool thing for her. So I just wanted to make you aware of that as you celebrate, which is kind of a strange word for Memorial Day. We don't really celebrate it, but we do take time. We have a holiday. Uh, you will get together with family and friends, and please remember our brothers and sisters in the military who have lost their lives. And one reason they serve our country is so we can do what we're doing today. There are many reasons, of course, but this is one reason. We have freedom of religion, and so we get to get together and worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right. So we've been off of our study of Galatians for two or three weeks because of graduation day and Mother's Day and that kind of thing. So let's get back to it. Galatians chapter 3, and today we're looking at verses 10 through 14. This is a, a really important piece of Scripture. The first glance of it, you might think, whoa, it's the same thing they've been saying all along, same thing Paul's been lining out, and the answer is yes, indeed it is. But it definitely has a different aspect to it. You, you may have been asked at some point, or someone may ask you one day, why is Jesus such a big deal to you? Why do you get all worked up about this Jesus? This is the answer. What you're going to study here today is the answer. Another thing that you could do from time to time uh, with your good friends, people you work with, go to school with, is... Ask them this question, have you, under, have you ever wondered why Jesus is so important to me? And their answer might be, yeah, I really have wondered why. Why is that? Gives you an opportunity to talk with them, and you could literally turn to Galatians chapter 3, verses 10 through 14, 
and you can very simply explain why it's so important to you. Because as we've been talking about, important if true, if the Bible is true, if it is the Word of God, if it is God saying to us, I love you and care for you and want to have a relationship with you, which we believe it is, right? We believe the Bible is true, so it's very important. This is a very important piece of Scripture for us, as they're all important, but, but I think this gives a practical out of the theological for us today. You may have noticed as you read the different letters of Paul, and even Romans is this way as well, starts off with the theology, like in the book of Romans. The first seven chapters of the book of Romans is theology. It's what we need to understand about who God is, about what has happened to us, about the, the doctrine of sin, the doctrine of salvation, and all those things for us. And then in chapter 8, it swing, starts to swing to the practical. And then in 9, 10, and 11, it gets really hairy when you're talking about the role of the Jewish people and the high priest and all those kind of things. And then 12 to the rest, it's just talking about practical matters. Well, the book of Galatians is that way as well. The, in Ephesians, it is that way. The rest of the books are pretty much that way. And we're still in the doctrinal part, the theology part. But there is some real practical help here that I think is really, really important. So why is Jesus so important to us? Why is Jesus so important to you and me? All right, verse 10. Verse 10 says, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. That's pretty clear. That, that's pretty sobering, isn't it? All who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So Paul tells us here, Everyone that relies on the works is cursed. Everyone who does not abide in all of the law are cursed, and not just abiding is the assignment, but to do them. Everyone, everyone, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how you were born, in other words, it doesn't matter what your DNA is. You can, be, you can have the DNA of the high priest Caiaphas, and you are responsible to this Scripture. Now, if you are a Levite in the Jewish nation, your DNA in that religion is, is very well lined up, right? It's, it's, you are a Levite. You are groomed. You are DNA'd to be the one that would go in the Holy of Holies. And, and Paul is saying that uh, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter your background, your pedigree, your DNA, everyone, all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. The word curse means exactly what you think it means. It means that you're damned. You're damned. You are cursed you're damned. That means that you are going to experience eternal punishment in hell. That's what the word means. 
You can't sugarcoat it. You can't put a twist on it. You can't say that, you know, it's just talking about a little bit of uncomfort. No, it, cursed is a horrible word. It means that the people that rely on works of the law are under a curse. Now, you are around people all the time who are cursed. Well, they're good people. Morality means a lot to them. Well, Paul says the reason why morality means a lot to them is because they're relying on the works of their law to make them right with God. And, and, and we have to be careful with that. Many mainline denominations today, many, many churches today in, in, our, in our world, in our world, in other words, in our area, they have that mindset. It is a social gospel. It says, if you're a good person, if you're educated, if you do good things, if, if you're more good than bad, then you're going to be okay. You're going to be right with God. And, and there is a comparison going on between more good than others and the bad folks in the world. And it's an amazing thing. And, and they're relying on their good works. They haven't killed anybody. They haven't robbed a bank. They, they, they're, they're not dishonest in a lot of things. They're dishonest in a few things, but not a lot of things. And basically, manage their sin, right? And, and we all have this cultural law thing taking place in, in, in our world. You know, if, if you'll just be good in these things and at least manage these sins and at least hide yourself from these sins, then you're probably going to be okay on judgment day. Now, it's very hard to, for them to articulate that, but that's exactly what's going on. And, and this scripture says, all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide all things written in the book of the law and do them. So, these things that are written in the book of the law. Let's look at verse 11. Now, it is evident that no one is justified before God. You're a people watcher. Like me and Susan like to watch people. We sometimes play a game at the airport. What that guy, what that gal does for a living? Lawyer. You seen those lawyers? I notice the lawyers, you know what they do? They, they'll have tennis shoes on and jeans, and they've got a garment bag, and, and they've got their lawyer suit coat on. You seen them? They're lawyers. They're going, you know, to do a lawyering, some kind of law deal. It's, gonna, it's short. It's short-lived. They're flying to wherever they're flying. They're going to get out, you know, do their lawyer bit, get home. But they've got their good shoes in their bag, and they've got their suit pants in their bag, and their shirt in their bag, and their tiny bag. But some reason, they don't put their coat in there. Maybe that creases it, I guess. I don't know. And they'll get on the plane, and they'll fold that coat really nice and fold it over, and they'll put their, their carry-on up there in the deal, and they gently, gently lay it on top of that bag. You seen that? I've seen that. I was going, lawyer. Not a preacher. Not a preacher. Because if a preacher's worth his salt, he ain't riding on public transportation, is he? 
Ooh. 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 They got their own jets. Yep. But the lawyer's smarter than that preacher because he pays less for the trip. Sits back there. Usually they're in business class, and I watch them lay their coat up there. All right. Now it is evident that lawyers cursed. It is not. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. It's evident. It's clear. Man. For the righteous shall live by faith. That's been around a long time. The righteous will live by faith. It's in Genesis. The righteous will live by faith. It's in the law. You see it all over. The righteous will live by faith. Habakkuk, the minor prophet, said it. The righteous will live by faith. And so the idea of the righteous being right with God through faith is not a New Testament thing. God, he set that up. He taught that early on. And Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteous. And you see in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, the hall of fame of faith. And there's some real Old Testament people in that book as the champions of faith. And so Paul is not telling these, these Christian people who are dabbling with circumcision the Jewish way in the law and holding on to the law, embracing the law, he's saying to them, it's always been this way. I don't understand why you're so prone to want to hold to that law because the righteous live by faith. The righteous live by faith. Now, here is another way of looking at these two verses. If you keep all the law, you abide in the law, and you do them, you do not need Jesus. Did you know that? If you keep all the law, you are not cursed. If you keep all the law and abide in the law and do the law and, and never slip up, you do not need Jesus in your life. Now, here are the laws you've got to keep up with. No other God before God. No idols no taking the name of God in vain. Now, we usually think this is using the name of the Lord and cussing, right? And, and the intent is there, but what it's, what it's really saying is more than the cuss word that comes out, which reveals the heart, it reveals what's the intent of our heart, but it is using God's character in such a way that he is not important, he is empty, vain. Taking the name of the Lord in vain. Name of the Lord is representing his character. All right? So people say, well, you know, I, I stopped cussing a long time ago, so I'm catching up in being perfect. Well, if you, that's not the case at all because you have violated the law. You violated all of it. And it's saying that or acting like or living like God doesn't matter in this area of my life. That's taking the name of the Lord in vain. Each Sabbath must be kept holy. You can't break any of them. Each Sabbath must be kept holy. It's got to be kept holy. It's got to be dedicated completely to him or you're guilty. You're cursed. You got to honor your mother and father all the time. That's a hard one, isn't it? No murder, no adultery, no stealing, 
no lying, no coveting. You got to do those 10 things without ever having a hiccup to not need Jesus. You got to be perfect. You got to keep them all. You got to abide in them all. You got to do them all. Now, there might be one rare person, maybe, that think that they are doing all 10 of these things and they're good to go. And so they don't need Jesus because they're trusting in the law. Well, let me give you some other laws that you need to think about. Now, in the Old Testament, there's 613 laws that you got to keep. Now, some people believe, well, we're only talking about the 10, and, and the rest of those laws, those 603 laws, they're ceremonial, they're, they're municipal laws, they're laws of how to get along with each other, and they're not really equal to the 10 laws. Well, most likely, I'm pretty sure everyone is convinced that you have not been perfect in all 10 laws, but just in case, look at these, some of these laws. Did you know that if you have ever cursed the President of the United States, you are cursed? Did you know that? Exodus 22, verse 29. Exodus 22, verse 29. Do we have that today? You shall not delay to offer from the fullness of your harvest. And I'm sorry, that's not it. Let's see where it is. Ah, I put the wrong verse in there. It's a verse in the Bible, though. It says, Moses said, you can't ever talk about your leader. Never, ever talk about your leader. If you've ever gotten a good deal in any transaction, you are cursed. Do you know that? If you go buy a car on Memorial Day, good sales? Now, they say there are. If you go tomorrow and you get a good deal on a car, you're cursed. If you buy something cheaper than it's worth, you're cursed. If you sell something for more than it's worth, you're cursed. Let's see if I got the right verse for this. Leviticus 25, 14. And if you make a sale to your neighbor or buy from your neighbor, you shall not wrong one another. So you can't cheat anyone. We understand that. But you can't, make a, you can't get a good deal. I'm in good with that one. <laughs> yeah, I never made a good deal. 2228, put that one up there. Thank you, Lance. I was one verse over my big sausage fingers. You shall not revile God nor curse a ruler of your people. There you go. Thank you. I knew it was in the Bible. Look at this one. If you have ever broken a vow or promise to God, you are cursed. Deuteronomy 23, 21. If you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay fulfilling it. For the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and you will be guilty of sin. Lord, I promise I will forgive Aunt Susie. I promise I will not covet Joe's new truck. Lord, I promise I didn't get that promotion. Junior got the promotion. I promise I will not spit in his coffee. 
I promise. There you go. Interesting enough, if you have ever crossbred cattle, you are cursed. Do not crossbred cattle. You need Jesus. If you crossbred cattle, you need Jesus. We'll get to it. If you have ever planted two seeds in the same field, you need Jesus. If you are wearing Duluth Trader boxer briefs today, you are cursed. Duluth Trader boxer briefs, the best underwear there is in the world, the most comfortable underwear there in the world. I have a nice broken-in 10-year-old pair today on. It's a beautiful thing. 93% polyester, 7% spandex. And I think the, sand, the spandex is the thing that it really makes it good. I don't even know what spandex is. Leviticus, <laughs> Leviticus 19, 19. I don't know what happened, but don't pay attention to whatever happened. Leviticus 19, 19. You shall keep by statues. You shall not let your cattle breed with a different kind. You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed, nor shall you wear a garment of cloth made of two kinds of material. Now, the Orthodox Jews, all one material. Trousers, coat, same one. Just one thread. But it says, doesn't it? If you have ever eaten a cheeseburger, you are cursed. Yep. Exodus 23, 19. Look at that one. Exodus 23, 19. Do we have that one? It says you can't cook. The, the Old Testament, the law says you can't cook goat and milk together. You can't cook beef and milk together. You got to have separate kitchens for that sake. The best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young mother's goat in its mother's milk. That's where you get that from. Chick-fil-A is an abomination. I know y'all love Chick-fil-A, but it's an abomination. I know they're closed on Sunday, and everybody says, that's the Christian chicken. It's an abomination. You shall not put egg and chicken meat on one sandwich, and they do that. And that kitchen is defiled, and it's sinful, and it's an abomination, and they need to repent of their sin. They need Jesus. That Christian chicken needs Jesus. Everybody that goes in there needs Jesus if it's according to the law. And here's one, and this probably is going to get everyone in this room because you may be wearing underwear with one linen, one thread. You're good. Did you know that if you married a Gentile, you are cursed? You married a Gentile, you're cursed. You know what a Gentile is? Anyone but a Jew. What's Ann? Cursed. What's Cindy? What nation is she from? Cursed. Cursed. 
cursed. Now, I made a lot of a lot of things, but it's really a heavy subject, isn't it? Why do we need Jesus so much? Because we are all cursed. We cannot be made right with God on our own. Why do we get carried away with Jesus? Because we can't be made right with God on our own. Why do we worship with all of our heart? Because it's the only answer to our cursed position, condition. We need Jesus, and that's what is being said here. Look what verse 12, he says, but the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. So if you're counting on the law to save you, you got to live by all of them. 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. You see, we can't keep all the law. We married a Gentile. We eat Chick-fil-A. We eat a cheeseburger. We have spandex and, and, and nylon clothes. We haven't kept every Sabbath holy. We haven't ever been, we've never had a perfect record of being free from idolatry. We've all been cursed. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have. Everyone has. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one can think that they are right with God through their own efforts. We have to have Jesus. We desperately need Jesus. That's why Jesus should mean so much to us. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Jesus means a lot to me. Jesus should mean a lot to you because there's no other way. Because you cannot do enough good things, enough time, all the time. You're never going to be perfect. You're not perfect. You have not been perfect. And you are cursed. If you are relying on the law without Jesus, if you're relying on what you have done, if you're relying on your own human effort, you are cursed. You see that? And so Jesus means everything to us. Jesus took our place on the tree. He died for our imperfection. He died for our sin. He covered our sin up with the blood. And the only way to be made right with God is through the atonement of Jesus Christ because we are cursed. So when your friend asks, why does Jesus mean so much to you? Because I've got spandex and nylon underwear on. Because I've eaten a cheeseburger. Because I haven't kept every Sabbath holy. You know, I haven't murdered anybody, but I've sure thought about it. And Jesus said, that means you're guilty. I haven't committed adultery, but I've thought about it. 
Jesus said that even if it enters my mind, I've committed the act, I've committed the sin. I've stolen, I've lied, I've cheated, I've coveted. I have cursed the President of the United States. The one we got, the one we had, the one we used to have, all of them. I've cursed them. I've cursed the mayor. I've cursed the governor. I'm guilty. I'm cursed. And the only answer for my cursed position, I was damned. I, I was destined for eternal punishment was believing in what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. That's why Jesus means so much to me, because without him, I'm cursed. And without him, you are cursed as well. Heavenly Father, help us to, to position ourselves in obedience with this scripture today. Lord, for those who are here today and have not believed in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins, I pray your Holy Spirit will just intervene right now and, and make that awareness known. May the conviction of that sin happen, Lord, and, and may they return to you and just believe in you and love you and, and, and surrender to you and decide today that they are going to live for you as one of your children. Be born again, forgiven of all sin. And Lord, thank you, almighty God, that you sent Jesus to be the answer to our imperfection. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, please come forward.